Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. <laughs> yeah. Shut it. I know what you need. I got everything you need. I promise I ain't gonna hold out, neither. I'm gonna give it all to you, baby. to me, I'll give it to you, I know what you want, you know I got it, baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you, as long as you want, you know I got it, baby, it to me, Connection, welcome to the most extreme menage a trois violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Through It As Podcast, I'm JT, joining me as always are my extreme partners, Matt and Jenny, how you guys doing? I'm extremely Italian tonight, for some reason, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been more extreme, honestly. <laughs> no, no. Vertical blinds. Ever? <laughs> yeah, those white vertical blinds. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Portuguese um, flag back there, man. I'll work on it. <laughs> There's I'll only put an order in right now. Fall River, you can go. Oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> There's probably like 9,000 on my street. Never mind the city. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, here on this podcast, we are moving our way through the history of ECW. We started in February of 1994. We are now into mid-August 1997. So we've come a long way. Our last episode was our second ever pay-per-view. It was Hardcore Heaven. And we are now moving into the TV following it. So we're going to cover four episodes tonight. Why don't we go ahead and dive right in? We'll start with the August 19th, 1997 episode of ECW Television. We start right in the ring uh, with a big-time match, and that's Tommy Dreamer taking on Rob Van Dam inside the ECW arena. Uh, RVD has Fonzie and Tommy stomps out with Beulah, as always. Tommy has a couple words for a Green Lantern fan. Man, I don't know if you noticed him in the aisle, but uh, Tommy kind of no, talked to him for a minute. Maybe he's checking a stopwatch or something, or <laughs> something creepier. We get a good buzz during the intros, a quick inset from Jenna Jameson talking about being seduced by the extreme in ECW. Uh, and then we get the slate and a very brand new opening video package. Uh, so it seems like I think w- with the pay-per-view as we've moved through 1997, we've also started to up the production. And it feels like after Hardcore Heaven, we've taken a bit of a leap too with graphics, with the overall look. Um, now with this new open, I, I I'm guessing Harry Slash must have written that ECW song prior to Hardcore Heaven because it seems like now it's all over these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that must have been, you know, something something they did for that pay-per-view. Uh, we start with a stare down. We get some shit talking. We go into a spin kick by RVD. Ducks a leapfrog. Gets a split leg moonsault. Tommy drop kicks him in the back of the head. 
RVD rolls out and Tommy meets him with a pescado. Tommy works him over on the floor. He crotches him in the rail and swats him down. Back inside, RVD gets two on a split-legged sunset flip and then a baseball slide drop kick. Meets him with a perfect somersault plancha. RVD puts Dreamer on the railing and Fonzie holds up a chair. RVD kicks it into him. Dreamer crawls back in the ring. RVD drop kicks a chair into his face and it's a skateboard drop kick into the corner. RVD then heads up top and buries a frog splash. He gets two. RVD whiffs on a dive, eats a chair, but Tommy and Tommy starts to heat up. Tommy puts RVD in the tree of woe, drop kicks a chair into his face, and then goes up and hits his own frog splash. Fonzie gets to the ring, but Beulah's right behind him, yanks him down to the mat, and chokes him in the corner as he's blowing the whistle, which is a great visual. Tommy goes to DDT Fonzie, but RVD blocks him with a Van Daminator. Tommy dodges a leg drop. He spikes RVD with a nasty DDT. Out comes Sabu. Tommy knocks him down. RVD hits a Van Daminator into a trash can. Hits a corkscrew leg drop on top of the cat trash can and picks up the win over Dreamer. Of course, RVD's just been amazing. Uh, he's so crisp and on point. Everything is really, really smooth. And Tommy was great, too. I mean, his selling is, is always was on point. A really good comeback. Uh, some different offense mixed in. And I thought this flew by. Uh, the crowd was into it the whole time. And it felt like they delivered on a big-time match, Maddie. So I went three stars on this. Yeah, uh, I went three and a quarter on it. I thought this was really well done. Uh, super fun sprint. Uh, these guys work well together. You could see it really just from this quick match. I mean, it, I, I don't even think it went 10 minutes. Uh, just a lot of great spots. You had the chair drop kick to Dreamer in the corner. Uh, the frog splash was great. I like how they, you know, Dreamer started using uh, RVD's moves in the match. I thought that was really well done. And I think RVD's really shining in these TV matches. And I th I'd like to think at some point it, soon it's going to carry over to pay-per-view, but it, it kind of hasn't yet. But, man, he's just doing really well in these uh, weekly TV matches. So, yeah, super fun sprint. Uh, the finish did kind of come a little bit out of nowhere for me with that leg drop, but I still thought it was really well done. So, uh, yeah, three and a quarter for me, Jenny. I did three and a quarter as well. Um, I don't know if it was just me. Um, I feel like this is a very horny match. Um, maybe just because RVD's junk looks so huge in that singlet. I don't know. It gets tighter every week, that thing. I mean, yeah. It really does. Like, it was extremely prominent, as was his <laughs> ash cheeks. Um, so, I don't know. And they did a lot of uh, crotch work uh, in this match, too, um, on the railings and stuff. RVD just balled out. Like, he was mm -hmm. showing out. It was a lot. A lot of big dick energy from rvd um the finally fonzie is like somewhat useful by holding up the chair um for the <laughs> kick to the face with the chair <laughs> while joey points out that rvd is a disgusting human being and so is fonzie. very true yes yeah. um i really like the the chair corner spot uh and the frog splash i thought was really good the beulah stuff was good too. This felt like um like a feeling out kind of match. Like mm -hmm. like there's definitely more to come with this because they build in the post match. But um it was hard hitting and Sabu is always gonna be running in there when RVD's in in the fucking match. So expect more of that. Um but a good opener for this episode. Yeah Matt you made a good point too with the pay-per-view stuff. They just haven't really given them a match, yeah. Paper. I feel like yeah. when both rolled around, he was kind of in no man's land a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, even though he was really involved in the Dota F feud, he was kind of the most ancillary piece of it, uh, mm -hmm. in a way at that point. So, like, he didn't really have a natural enemy lined up. 
for Hardcore Heaven and back at Barely Legal, the story was that he was left off. I mean, right, that was kind of the story right, going in. So. Part of it. so we'll see November to remember uh, what they built to with him and if he's put in a more prominent spot. So Sabu comes in, uh, RVD and Sabu beat on Tommy, the triple threat come out to make a save, they get a pop, but then they attack Tommy too. All six men are brawling until the locker room empties, we get a massive brawl until the Dullies are left standing. Dick chokeslams Tommy, but Axel and Balls come out, they bash the champs with chairs and a barbed wire bat. Dick chokes balls on the, uh, choke slams balls on the chair, as Joey wonders if there's any teams left to stop the Dudleys. Axel eats a 3D as Natural Born Killers fires up, and out comes New Jack and Cronus to clean house. The crowd is bonkers as they wreck the Dudleys with an assist from Saturn and his crutch. Still hanging out with his crutch, Saturn is. Uh, cool pairing there. Saturn's just a madman. The assault continues. Bubba shoves Gertner in the ring. Tommy holds him for a sick uh, New Jack chair shot, and then Cronus matches him with a top rope splash. And that wraps that. Uh, pretty good to see the Dudleys eat some shit. The Eliminators, New Jack, Tommy, Axel, Balls, all stand tall. That's a pretty good beat down. Uh, Gertner gets his too. So, Jody, I thought this was a pretty good uh, little, you know, the Dudleys earned a little payment here. So, I thought, I thought that was well done. Oh, yeah, it was good. I was I was happy to see that. <laughs> Mr. Saturn, your leg is still broke. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> What the fuck? What was he even wearing? It was, uh, anyways, uh, I'm not uh, sure. I'm not sure he knows. Yeah, um, he's out of his mind. No. What? What's the new tag team name for Balls and Axel? Gangstenators. Oh, Balls and Axel. I think even uh, new uh, <laughs> new Jack uh, the, the hard, and Cronus hardcore, will be the Gangstenators. Hardcore right. chair swinging freaks. I think they're called. Right. I was hoping for something like Baxel or something. Like that. <laughs> Balls. Oh, not. <laughs> but and then Joel, uh boy, he did not want to take that headshot no. uh, from that chair, but he damn sure did. And the 450. So that was amazing. Yeah. Uh it I might I, I don't know. It, it, I did kind of put a a little star here and say like three and a half if we're gonna include this <laughs> as part of the match. I would bump up my rating. Yeah, I I thought this was a better version of what they did at the end of the pay per view. Like I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, just uh, poor Joel Gertner. Uh, may he rest in peace because he <laughs> fucking died with that chair shot. My God, he just got crushed. It was brutal. Just absolutely disgusting. Then he eats the four fifty. That also looked great. Uh, yeah, just a wild brawl. The crowd was manic. So yeah, really well done. I, I liked this more than what they did at the pay per view for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean. A big part of it is the crowd, right? Like we're in the ECW oh, arena yeah. for this oh, time and not, big time. not yes. that quiet Florida crowd. Yeah. Uh, quiet's the wrong word. Just different. Uh, all right. Taz is backstage. He says, not everyone has learned to listen when he talks, just like Chris Candido, who didn't get through his head after Taz warned him what would happen at Hardcore Heaven. Instead, he had Rick Rude introduce him as the next TV champion, but that didn't happen. And he just did what he said he would do. Candido gave him a hell of a fight. He took his best shot, but it wasn't enough. And it'll never be enough. Candido can take him on anytime because he, wa- he wants, because he'll always be the same result. Candido still hung around like a mark chasing a whore around so she could do something with Lawler. The difference is Taz doesn't hang around and work by the hour. He chokes a guy out, gets his check, hits the road, and goes home. You do your work, get pit, get paid, and split. It's blue collar. In Florida, he took his check, he got in the car, he took his wife to dinner, and went home. Taz comes out when he wants to, but he's not a puppet like 911 used to be. He doesn't come out when the fans want him to. Candido comes out like a cartoon hero, like a goof, and that's why he lost, and he's not a champion. Guys are into feuds, and Taz isn't Tommy Dreamer, Mr. ECW. Sandman the Lush stealing an ambulance or fire truck and coming back to the building. Who gives a rat's ass? While Sandman came back, he was getting sleep so he could get to the gym and prepare for his next victim. Candido will never beat him. 
And next time anyone tries Taz, will be the same results. He is the TV champion, and he starts to really now lay into his catchphrase, which is, beat me if you can, survive if I let you. And Matt, this is another excellent Taz promo. He just, you know, I think him and RVD, uh, uh, as much as everyone in ECW kind of owns their character, the two of them are really locked in on, like, what they are at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's on fire right now. And uh, we've been saying it the past couple episodes, he's showing more personality than he really ever has. But Mm -hmm. he's also still keeping a serious tilt to it. Like, you know, he can still fuck you up if he wanted to. But he can do this whole, you know, I don't want to say jovial, but he can show more personality is the best way I could say it. Uh, Him calling Sandman a lush, I thought was fantastic. (laughs) That lush. That lush Sandman. He came back to the building. Who gives a rat's ass? Uh, Just so good. Uh, I liked him bringing up 911. I thought that was interesting. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. And yeah, he's just, he's on another level to everybody else right now. And it's fantastic to see, yeah. Jenny. It is. He, he, he was really good in this. Uh, called Sonny a whore. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I don't think that's any kind of secret, but mocking Candido, that was good. Um, talking shit about Sandman, also good. But, you know, look, I just remember his last match was sort of trash. And he's like... Trash to uh, you. One extreme woman's trash is yeah. two other extreme <laughs> Good match. That is what they say. Y'all were middling on that. Y'all, middling y'all are, is different than trash. Well, a little bit middling. Anyways, <laughs> um, but... <clears throat> Also, he will continue to come out whenever the crowd wants him to come out. So, sure. like, that was a little mm-hmm. bit of a hmm, okay task, but, you know, good shit. Comes out when he wants to. Joey Styles in the nest. He says ECW returns to pay-per-view November 30th for the fifth annual November to remember. It'll be in Pittsburgh. Urges the fans to call the pay-per-view companies now to get the pay-per-view available on your cable offering. It is August. Like, do you need it. to call it for a thing in November? Yeah, get on. well, I think it's not to order the show. It's to, in case your cable Ask carrier doesn't it. carry it, you're going to get the ball rolling to get right. there. Did that work, though? Every Did fucking day. I think if they get enough complaints, yeah, I would think. if I, It's all about demand, right? So if a cable mm-hmm. company feels that the demand will be there, they would probably be more likely to cave, right? Versus if they don't hear anything. But somebody's sitting there going, like, taking a fucking post-it note, going, like, this guy wants to pay There's another one. Like, just well, maybe they're taking on the wall, like, Dimension cable, they're checking off. Keep right. track of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Internal Joey internal. calls him every week and says, what's yeah, the numbers? What's the count? <laughs> We're at 15? All right, that's pretty good. Keep selling, keep selling. Joey narrates a video package about Shane Douglas, how he proclaimed himself ECW champion August of 1994. We walked through the history of the title with clips and all the title changes to this point, where Douglas now reigns after winning back his ECW World Championship at Hardcore Heaven 97 in a three-way dance. Joey reminds us that Hardcore Heaven 97 was a rematch from the night the line was crossed in 94. Walks us through some quick clips of the show, highlighting the key stories and main event. Paulie then narrates a Bam Bam Bigelow highlight package, hypes him up and what he did to Spike Dudley last week before Spike pulled off the major upset. Joey says Bigelow watched that match over and over before Hardcore Heaven 97 and then got his revenge on Spike. And we get stills from that match. Joey then talks more about Hardcore Heaven and says it'll always be the night ECW battled the WF. He recaps the feud and narrates the stills of the match where Tommy ended the hottest summer of his career. We didn't get clips of Tommy's violent summer. So, uh, any thoughts, Jenny, on the last stretch of this? Um, I liked the... Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be a Shane video, and then it ended up being a title video, Yeah, which 
we kind of have seen a lot of, but I really mm. do like watching that. I don't know. I'm kind of a mark for those little videos. Um, and it, the more I hear it, the better off I'm going to be like in a trivia situation where <laughs> I have to know this in order to mm. save my life, which I figure mm -hmm. probably will mm -hmm. happen at some point. Someday. Uh, but it was good. And then I really liked um, uh, the narration for the Bigelow recap video. Yeah, th these videos are always super well done. Even if we've seen them a thousand times before, they're just, I mean, they're quick enough. They're only like five minutes long. And yeah, they're just, they're, it's, I mean, it's meant mostly for people who have never really seen ECW before. So I get it. But right. and, and they're maybe just super people well that, done. Maybe people that had just saw the pay-per-view for the first time right. and were tuning in. Right, exactly. But I also, I also think part of it is um, they probably were out of like a lot of fresh material so this was probably yeah. cut and wrapped right. prior to the show and they didn't mm -hmm. have another how like another on the on the road taping right so they probably saved rvd dreamer just to have a match for this episode mm -hmm. um because as, as we'll see in our next one we're in a new location so i'm guessing this was like a remnant match from a previous mm -hmm. taping yeah and they probably right. just hacked the rest of the episode together with whatever footage we don't even know what day some of the stuff aired because it was i think locally i don't know if we're on tuesdays at this point um yeah who knows <laughs> so it might have been like a day after the pay-per-view you know so like i think they they probably knew um i'm gonna look up what day of the week that was but i, I think they probably knew like you know we just get through this Need week and then some we'll shit. reset next yeah. week right yeah, we'll fill our time or whatever right yeah it was a tuesday so i think these were airing on tuesdays maybe live uh mm -hmm. not live but first run on on uh, the Philly station that they were on. So, all right. Awards for this episode. Uh, best match. I have RVD dreamer. Obviously it's our only match. Yep. yep. Uh, best moments. I want the Dudley boys getting their shit kicked in. <laughs> it's, I, I think Gertner eating shit. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically I, I, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I meant the whole hard thing. Not so. the, yeah, yeah. The whole, right. all of that. Yes. Most nineties. I, I just want Jenna Jameson. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rising, RVD, Taz, and then I think Cronus and New Jack. Just mm -hmm. not a really form form as a team here with Mustafa, God knows where. I guess he's hurt. I don't know, he's either hurt or in jail. And uh, Saturn's balls obviously and Axel, hurt. maybe? Yeah, Balls and Axel. Yeah, you can throw them in too. there, too. Yep. Uh, no one really had a bad night. Mm. And, uh, I mean, Gertner's brain's well, yeah. falling. <laughs> I mean. And that went 5 out of 10. I mean, the match was good. But the rest was really just like recap packages. Like this was definitely an episode, even with a good beat down. And we, like you said, Matt, we just saw it at the pay per view. So like I think you could have skipped this one and probably been okay. But if you watched it, you're not. It's not bad. So I figure five out of ten felt about right. I wish yeah. they would have put like a Shane promo or something mm. in there, like after he won. Like it's weird, right? To mm. not at least hear from him in this episode. Um, we're about to hear from him. Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of shame coming up. So they were just giving you a little shame break. Right. Uh, I'm going to do the five and a half. Yeah, I went five on it. Just your your standard post-pay-per-view episode of TV. So, All right, let's head to our next week, August 26th. Joey welcomes us in to the Queen's Elks Lodge, and a very hot crowd is pumped to be there. Rick Rude's music hits up, and he struts out. Joey's aggravated that Rude's still around. We get loud, you sold out chants as Rude looks to the crowd. Joey says he knows Rude can kick his ass, so he can do whatever he wants. We get a fuck him up Joey chant. Joey tells him to stop. He says he won't get smart on Rude, who turned his back on ECW, but he's got to hire out his services to a male stripper sports entertainer. It's his business, and the mic is his, and he wants nothing to do with it. Styles leaves. Rude calls Joey ugly but smart. 
Rude says he knows what penthouse to shithouse means now after being on Raw and coming here. Uh, he was paid and laid to do a job and time to get the job done. So he in- brings out an official introduction to all the fat, out-of-shape queens in Queens for the new ECW champion, Shane Douglas. Douglas and Francine are out with his new gold. Shane says his penis is big enough to hold 16 pounds of gold. And so some <laughs> boys need a man like Rude for protection. But great champions need a great athlete like Rude to challenge him to be the greatest of all time. So Rude has prepared an opponent for tonight. Rude says Shane paid the premium to get the premium. The crowd is just all over Francine here. Rude says whether Shane is paid in cash or gash, he paid Rude to take him to the top. So Rude brings out Al Snow for a title match with Shane Douglas. Um, so two things, Matt, to get us started. What do mm-hmm. you think of this promo and how you feel about this angle where Douglas is continuing to use Rude's services to procure him challengers to push him to be the best? Uh, I, I thought the promo was really well done. I thought Rude and Shane were both really good here. Uh, I like, uh, you know, Rude just calling out everybody in this brand new building. Like, you all suck. It's it's the first show here, but you still suck. I, I, just, <laughs> right. want, I just want you to know that you all suck. So, yeah, I thought he was really well done. Uh, Shane saying his penis was big enough to hold up 16 pounds of gold was quite a line. But, I think uh, all the small dick chants have gotten to him. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a small dick energy. But uh, yeah, I think the uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting way to go with Rick Rude. But I do kind of understand it because like the top of the card, it's kind of uh, top heavy right now. Like it's Dreamer, it's Sandman, it's Taz, and they're all busy. So who else are you going to put in there to face Shane? Yeah. So I like it to kind of introduce somebody new, maybe give somebody new a boost. Or, or somebody in general, a boost. So I, I like it for that. But I do think it's weird they're using Rick Rude to do it. Right. So I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. Like, I, I, is Rude with Shane or is he not? I'm confused now. So it's we'll a little see. confusing. It feels right. like they're not sure what else to do with Rude. Right. Like, because if has this talent sharing, he can stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he debuted a Raw doesn't mean he has to leave. But yeah, what do you. He's a heel now, right? Because everyone knows right. he's aligned with the enemy in the WWF. So Shane's the top heel. So he's still kind of with him. But, you know, is this part of his master plan still? I guess we'll see how it plays out. Right. It, I, I, it's, it is confusing because I was confused. But the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Because Root is very transactional. He tells you that every time. Right. Cash or gash. Um and so this is just another transaction and Shane's the, largely the same way. So right. Does it, it makes sense, sense for Shane though, from Shane's, well, for Rude, it makes sense. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Right. You're going to pay well, me. Shane, I'll do whatever that is because of his ego. Right. And he wants Rude to bring all of his buddies and beat all of them. Um, and, and it's kind of an excuse to get these like casuals in these one or two right. timers. in. when, I mean, we've been doing that for years, but it's really just been no explanation. So this is at least some storyline reason why we get these randos in. Um, I bet Shane and Fran have definitely tested that theory about if that dick can hold up 16 pounds of gold since he's, yeah, they've probably been working on that. Um, I, I believe that probably. And um, yes, ma'am, to that leather dress she was wearing as well. Yeah, Fran, I feel, has been uh, up in the game here. I think that'll yep. continue uh, yep. for sure. All right, that opening animation, they're right into this big world title match. Al Snow challenging Shane Douglas. A big shot for Snow. He still has his new Rockers gear. Uh, Douglas seems a lot of sorts as Rude reassures him. Douglas attacks off the bell. Snow blocks and smacks him down. 
Joey says Snow is no tuna. Snow with the flurry clotheslines and headbutts and drop kick for two. Keeps laying it in, starts to work the arm. Snow takes Douglas down for another cover, back to the arm. Shane reverses a whip, gets a Frankensteiner on a drop kick, knocks Snow to the floor. Rude gives Snow some advice. Snow comes in and lands a sidekick. We clip ahead. Snow is tuning the band, but Shane ducks a super kick and hits a clothesline and corkscrew suplex. Shane hits a pile driver as Rude chairs him on. Shane follows with a reverse neck snap. Shane shakes off a slap and drives Snow to the corner and kicks away, then does the rude gyration before going to a camel clutch. Francine slaps Snow. That wakes him up, and he cuts down Shane. Goes outside and stalks Fran. Shane saves, and Francine scratches Snow's back, and then Shane clobbers him, hot shots him on the railing. Snow blocks a suplex on the floor. He takes Shane over with his own to a pop. Back inside, Shane goes back to the camel clutch, which Joey thinks is a shot at Sabu. Snow pushes out of the clutch and drops Shane onto the top rope. Comes punching back at the champion. Snow hits a leg lariat for two and then shoots Shane corner to corner. Shane lands a mule kick. Snow counters with a Rana, the powerbomb for two. Snow sna- uh, slaps and barks at Shane, but Shane gets a backslide for two. Snow bounces up with a clothesline. He's starting to look a little bit perplexed, crazy in the eyes. Douglas rolls out of a powerbomb with a sunset flip for two. They roll through a series of pin attempts into a Douglas belly-to-belly that he can't cover right away. He only gets two. Shane hits an atomic drop. Snow counters with a belly-to-belly, hits one of his own. Shane is up, but Snow blocks the belly-to-belly again with a headbutt. Shane shrugs that off and finally hits it and picks up the win. Matt, what I thought was a really good match. Uh, I thought both guys went all out. They had smooth chemistry. Nothing really felt forced or out of sync. They just had a clean, hard-fought match. Uh, it was a good showing for Snow as he's kind of coming into the roster here. The type of strong title defense that Shane brings like to TV, we saw this with his previous reign, where he can go out there with these different guys and just roll out, have a three- to three-and-a-half-star match and uh, kill some time on television. So that is a really good TV match. I went three and a quarter. Yeah, I, I went three on it. I, I thought this was really well done. Uh, Snow got a ton of shine during this, which I, I think that was part of the goal was to make Al Snow a thing and make him seem like a legit threat to take the title. Because like I said before, they need to push some guys up just because there's nobody else on top really. And they're all busy. So uh, I like it for that. I think, you know, snow being able to hit a belly to belly of his own and being able to kick out of the belly to belly. I think that was a big deal to have uh, snow kick out of that. And yeah, uh, just a really great match. And they gave this a decent amount of time too. like, this was probably what all told with the interview and the, uh, the match was probably like what, 25, 30 minutes on this show, probably. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a big chunk of this show. So definitely uh, as little of Shane as we saw in the last episode, we uh, we made up for it on this one. But uh, yeah, I, I thought this was really well done. And I think uh, as far as making Al Snow a thing, I think mission accomplished. So uh, yeah. th- three stars for me, Jenny. I did the three and a quarter as well. Quite Look fun. You. Al Snow and Shane I know. Douglas. I know. Rolling a three and a quarter. Right? I was ready to like not, but look, me and Shane, we're good now. Like really, mm. I'm all in on this whole title run. Like, I he is he is nailing it. He's nailing it just as hard as RVD and Sabu are. Like, he really is. And with Francine, she just she just makes everything better. She is fully like a huge asset for him and. Um, but Al Snow was very, very good at this. Like, a lot more focus, a lot, lot better showing than last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane is just really good in this role. Like, this is yeah. just what he does well. He needs to cut his hair or do something <laughs> with his hair, which will become an issue later on in these episodes with mm. somebody else who has similar hair. Um, so somebody needs to do something about that. I really like the pinning sequence uh, towards the end before he finally grinds out that win in a very long match. Um, but good shit all around. 
very I'm not going to lie. I looked up today to see if they were both single during this time period because I'm really curious how. I mean, they have such chemistry. Uh, There's no way they weren't together. So mm. Shane was married and divorced in '94. She's been single until she got married in like it was like '08 or '09 or or maybe it was like 2012. So they were both single during this time period. He got remarried in like 2008 and then divorced again in like 2017. She's married now. Um, so I was I was just really curious, like if they were <laughs> because I mean they have such good chemistry on it. Right. Uh, well, I mean I we curious. met them, and I yeah. mean look, <laughs> they're probably still fucking. Maybe. I mean <laughs> convention circuit. All right, Lance Wright gives a lazy toss to hype central. He looks hungover and uninterested in this. Joey's in the nest. He said he got Lance's old job back, but Lance is bitter about how he's treated. Says he could have go, co-hosted WrestleMania or jumped to Nitro, but his agent said, go back to ECW. He's young and hip. So Wright agreed, but said all he gets is Hype Central. He's done that already and tells Joey to get him something more high profile. Lance puts on some sunglasses and he acts all Hollywood. Uh, Jenny, did you, you have any interest in Lance Wright as a character, or do you think I, this is like going nowhere here? Um, I don't. I mean, I get... I appreciate the effort, I right. think. Because I want something else, because... I don't know what Joey had going on with Rude was really cool. Like some sort of depth there with Joey, yeah. but I, I feel like this ain't it. I ain't trying to watch Lance Wright complain. You know, I don't know. Just do be think, cooler. Matt, going anywhere? No, he sucks. <laughs> He's terrible. Uh, government cheese Lash Larue is terrible at this thing. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, she just. Why? Why are we doing this? We don't need Lance Wright here. Just, just keep him in a helicopter. Let him do that. I, I don't need him on my TV every week. Maybe the helicopter really fucked him up. Linda. Mm. All right, back to the ring we go. As Taz takes on Pablo Marquez, uh, Big Pop as Tag stalks out with his title. Just a whole ass vibe for him. Uh, poor Pablo is trying to look confident, but he has a real tough haul here. Taz is ungodly over. They start with some chain holds. Taz dominates, uses some judo throws and grinding. Taz holds Pablo's head to the crowd like a trophy, then murders him with cross faces. Just a wrecking ball. Taz rattles Pablo with an Alabama slam and a released German. The crowd chants, fuck him up. After a break, Taz finishes him with the T-Bone and Taz mission. Squash shitty, uh, but Taz squashes are always fun. Chaotic vibes is death in the air at all times. Uh, just king of the world right now is Taz in this uh, arena. So I went two stars, Jenny. It is uh, great squash. Yeah, I mean, I had to even do the two and a quarter because... It's fun. Taz squashes are the best. This is just what he, like, look, this is what I want to watch him do. Like, yeah. We, we've we've tried some other style matches and they're not for me. Uh, this is for me and this poor guy. It was and Taz just feeds off that energy mm. from the crowd. It's like fucking chum in the waters. Like it it makes him more brutal. I think. Uh, so he fed off that for sure, Maddie. Yeah, you you guys nailed it. I gave it my usual squash rating of a star and a half. He just fucked this poor bastard up. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he got zero offense in. My my first note literally says Pablo is about to die, and I was correct. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the poor bastard is dead. May he rest in peace, star and a half. Joey's in the nest. He hypes up Taz and then t- talks about our main event. Jenna Jameson cuts in. She's excited for the next big ECW show. They clearly just made the most of their one night that they had yep. her in the building. Just had to record a bunch of bumpers. Uh, Joey in the nest says, Jenna's his new broadcast colleague. He heard she's a fine actress, but he's never seen her films. He then asks what she's starring in right now. And they, they give an answer, but it's bleeped. And he does this amazing deadpan pause and then transitions right to recapping uh, yep. to our main event. I, it was brilliantly executed. It was yep. actually really good comedy. So good. Uh, it really the double take really he does good. when he hears the name is, is the pause <laughs> and then the double take is great. Yep. He just is like, like it sinks in when whatever the name that they gave was. But 
It was really funny. I love when Joey gets those little moments like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so our main event is a rematch from last week. It's Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer. And I'm going to save my breath because yep. the match is the exact same mm-hmm. until yep. the end. So I'm going <laughs> to jump ahead to the end here. Uh, Tommy counters a split-legged moonsault with a chair. RVD blocks a DDT. Tommy snaps him into the chair. Tommy blocks a split leg springboard, snaps RVD hard with a tight DDT for the clean win. And uh, again, kind of a bit of, bit of a surprise as RVD um, loses this one to Tommy clean. Sabu comes in. He and RVD leave, leave Tommy laid out. Fonzie ties up Beulah, makes her watch. Sabu wants to knock out Beulah, but Fonzie wants her to be awake. Sabu and RVD hold up a WF banner in the ring and drape it over Tommy. As Joey says, this is Tommy's worst nightmare. So a really good post-match. Again, they follow a template from last week. Uh, the post-match was, uh, you know, it was good. The match itself was for a new crowd, so I'm not, mm-hmm. like, anti that, that they did it. It's just a template. Um, it was pretty much spot for spot, the whole the, the whole same match. RVD's on fire, continues to be on fire. Tommy is the stalwart of BCW, works well. So I went three stars for this one. Um, a little slight dip from last week, but it's only because I've already seen it. So for me, Jenny, it was like, whatever. I felt the same way. I did the three. Um, did you know uh, Tommy's shirt? Our big boys kick ass. No, that's pretty that. good. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Um, and like you said, pretty much the same yeah. match. A little bit less cocky from RVDs, a little bit more tucked in uh, in, in this outfit. So, um, And also my note for Sabu is calling him Suit Boo because he busted in wearing his suit. He did have a suit on. Yeah, I, yeah. I did pop for. You so. think he was heading out like on the town in New York? I mean, he's I, I Queens, mean, he so. he just had to run in and do yeah. this thing real quick. Oh, he wore the suit at Hardcore Heaven too, so maybe just, right. maybe it was expensive and he bought just it. Kept it, it on, yeah. Wear like, it everywhere. Look, <laughs> he's mysterious. We don't know what he's doing That's in that true. suit. Um, so the thing with the flag, um, with WWF or whatever, and I get it, and like we just did this whole Lawler thing. And we're doing this thing with RVD being Mr. Monday Night. But I kind of wish we would just stay in our own universe. Like, I'm done with it. I'm a little bit done with it. Like, mm-hmm. it seems forced. Like, it's just, I think they just saw it as such nat- natural heat. Mm-hmm. It yeah. gave, it made them such so hateable. And in a way, I can get it because you kind of feel like, I mean, ECW crowds generally play along, but like, RVD is so cool. Maybe they were afraid like he was gonna get turned face if if they kind of just not had him like this tied in, but making him wanting to leave for WWF is like, well, no one's gonna fucking like him then. They're gonna mm-hmm. hate him, mm-hmm. and I I think it was also pretty new at the time. Like, I mean, the NWO was the thing, obviously, mm-hmm. but no one else had ever done something like this on this grand of a stage where WF is allowing them to use their name and all this other shit. Like, so I think they're just trying to get as much mileage out of it as possible, knowing like. Hey, this is a pretty rare opportunity, and it makes these guys naturally hateable. That's my thought, anyway. I mean, all of that makes sense. It just turns me off a little bit because I don't know. It's it's just too much attention in that right. direction. I'd rather just mm-hmm. sort of focus on our own thing. Yeah, I, I mean, the match is 
beat for beat the same fucking thing that we just saw last week, which, which I do find that a little weird that they aired this match and the previous match on back-to-back weeks when it's the same fucking match pretty much except for the finish. So that I do find a little bit weird, but like it is a different building, so I have get it. Uh, Sabu throwing the chair in Dreamer's face in the post-match I thought was great off the top rope, just brutal looking. And uh, yeah, I, I think Dreamer uh, the, uh, is going to kill someone because you know uh, <laughs> WWF is a bad word in, uh, in ECW. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we may have another death. There's been a lot of death on this episode, but we may have another one now that Dreamer's been buried under a WWF flag. So uh, I also went three stars on this. But look, this man had his whole ass penis destroyed um, recently. So by the like WWF. That's why he's so angry. <laughs> he's had a tough year. <laughs> All right, let's get to our awards. Uh, best match. Uh, yeah, I mean, Douglas Snow pretty easily. Yep. Yeah. Worst match. It wasn't even bad. Taz Marquez is starring wise. Uh, best moment. I, I went the task wash him just destroying Pablo at the end. There it was fantastic. Uh, I got to go with suit boo run in. I think I'm going to go with uh, said suit boo throwing a chair at dreamer. <laughs> Most nineties. I went the new rockers gear for uh, snow and the DF logo on the flag. It was the old, yeah, still the, the old new generation logo. Uh, Jenna Jameson again. I mean, yep. yeah. the Elks Lodge is very 90s. True. <laughs> yes. uh, stock Rising, I went Douglas, Snow, and Taz. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think we may have to add uh, RVD and Sabu to that, too. Yeah, always. I know. It's like you just have to, at this point, just put the right. same <laughs> Stock Falling, I went rude. Um I mean, he's just—he's still funny, but it's like the same thing every week with him, uh, and it feels like he's on the way out. So I keep mm-hmm. kind of putting him here, thinking he's done, but he still comes back every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lance Wright was just Lance Wright. God, Lance Wright—he's number or one. Or Marquez, also. <laughs> no, the poor guy—he doesn't deserve that. He's deceased. Uh, all right, final grade. I like this episode. I went six and a half out of ten. I thought we get a good world title match. We get the fun squash. Not a lot of angle progression until the end, but still a pretty good episode. I'm with you at six and a half. Yeah, same. Six and a half. Good episode. Okay. All right. Let's fast forward to next week. Nine two ninety seven. I'm assuming this is Labor Day weekend, I would think. Uh, or at least maybe the... Oh, no, actually, it might be the next one. You open highlights from the end of last week's show. Lance Wright says, we'll get to the bottom of the story in Hype Central tonight. We had our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He's solemn about what happened at the end of last week. He doesn't know if RVD and Sabu have what it takes to finish what they started. We'll hear from Dreamer after the break. We then see the flag burial again with some very solemn music. <laughs> Lance writes in Hype Central. He says he knows what it's like to be buried under a Dreamer flag. Because when he worked there, he parked his Beamer under the Dreamer flag. And it always got bird poop on it. Dreamer's oh in. <clears throat> Dreamer comes into Hype Central. Wright says his agent's calling. So he just gives Tommy his business card and leaves. Tommy says the next time he sees RVD and Sabu, he's coming with everything he has. Uh, Joey then kind of hypes the rest of the show. But Matt, what do you think of this opening segment? Uh, boy, they are really driving home the point that this is the worst thing to ever happen in ECW oh, yeah. by Dreamer being buried under the flag, complete with the fucking funeral music. What are we doing? Good Lord. And, you know, again, Lance Wright fucking sucks. He's terrible. Go away. <laughs> I'm, he's been on like three times and I've already had it with him. And I know he's not going anywhere, but good God, he sucks. I can't stand him. Poopy on his BMW. Okay. Beamer. He, de- he deserved all the bird shit on his BMW. Yeah, fuck that guy. Beamer. Beamer. I don't know. This was annoying. I'm like, nope. Let's move away from this very quickly. <laughs> well, all right. Let's head to the ring then. 
And out come Chris Chetty and Spike Dudley for a tag team action against our friends, the full-blooded Italians. And that means... Time for our Italian lesson of the week. Tonight's word is Coglioni. Mm. Coglioni. Coglioni. Literally, an offensive version of the word testicle. If you call mm. someone this, you're saying they're an idiot or a fool. So, Souza, you yep. stupid Coglioni. <laughs> Fucking Coglioni. Call me a testicle. Uh, offensive testicle. That might be my favorite one we've done. Can you call someone a testicle as an insult? I didn't know that. You ball. <laughs> eh, it doesn't translate. No. It must be an Italian thing. Uh, yeah, we, we, we just don't understand. Coglione. Uh, we're back in Queens. The FBI dance out for some tag action. The big Don leads them down. Apparently, it has to be three on two. Spike and Chetty stomp out two underdogs with some success. Joey wonders how Chetty can communicate with Spike. The crowd's all over the FBI. We get going with Guido and Spike. Spike controls the arm. They ebb and flow through some basic holds. Spike gets a full Nelson, drops Guido hard to the map. Then he gets Guido to the ropes. Spike, he's bringing the pressure, tags Chetty. They hit a double drop kick for two. Guido slugs back at Chetty, tags Smothers. It comes off the top into a punch. Chetty gets a leg lariat for two. Smothers knocks him back down. Chetty comes back with a power slam for two, but he tumbles outside as Guido pulls the ropes open as he hits them. Rich grabs Chetty and hot shots him over the railing, which looked great. Guido then shoves Chetty back in. The FBI starts to run through some double-team offense and quick tags, keeping Chetty in the blender. Chetty catches Smothers with his head down. He tags Spike. Things break down with the FBI getting cleaned out. Chetty flies into Guido on the floor with a Pescado. Spike gets a swinging bulldog, but Rich makes a save. Rich gives a chain to Smothers, but Spike ducks, and the big Don eats it. Spike then rolls up Rich, uh, Rich for the win. Not much of a match. It's kind of basic stooge stuff. Another upset win for Spike and Chetty, who stay hot. Uh, I guess they're building momentum. The FBI continues to scuffle. I don't know if they have any serious plans for them or just use them as like a comedy team. We'll see. Uh, Jenny went star in three-quarter for the match. Yeah, I was just remembering that I didn't remember what I gave this match, so I should I guess probably that's look around there. Cromulent mm-hmm. uh, grade. Cromulent, that's me. Uh, <laughs> this is basically like uh, our cruiserweight division. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, with our Spike, our Chetty. I feel like Chetty looks like he should be more on the FBI than he should be with Spike. <laughs> Think so? Mm, rookie. Uh, but Smothers is fun. I don't give a shit. Like I don't. Oh, they're great. I mean, damn it, like Guido, whatever, fuck him. But I really like watching Smothers. Um, he's so unexpected. Like <laughs> he just doesn't look like he should be able to do any of that stuff. Um, and Spike is always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought this was a really fun little crowd pleaser. Maybe I did two stars, probably two and one quarter, maybe Matt. Yeah, I, I went two stars on it. This was perfectly fine. Uh, Spike has real Cape Fear vibes during this match. Like it's, <laughs> it's real terrifying just seeing him like bite the top rope and uh, good right. like very serial killer vibes to little Spike here. But yeah, I mean this was a fairly standard tag match. I mean just fairly basic back and forth stuff. Uh, the FBI have really fallen off a cliff, and they really feel like an afterthought now. They're losing to Chetty and Spike. I mean we like Spike, but mm-hmm. uh, come on, it, it's Spike, you know. So, yeah, uh, not much here. So, uh, yeah, two stars for me. 
All right, Joey's in the nest. He talks more about the incident from last week, plus ECW's federal lawsuit against WWF for contract interference. Candido, come, federal lawsuit. Candido comes in and rambles about the WWF banner, says he has nothing to do with it, even though he lives with the most popular star in the WWF, but he loves ECW. Candido says he gets a call from Jim Ross about coming over for dinner, rants more about loving the triple threat before getting another call. Sounds like maybe Terry Taylor about a WCW deal. He rants about that. Uh, then he says they should bring their girls to let them fight. He's all over the place now. He's vamping. He's messing with Joey. Continuing to restart the interview, even though we never actually cut. He's like, oh, okay, let's restart. Uh, Candido's just just a madman. I mean, this is completely bad shit. So this, this is pretty fun. I, I liked it. You know, he's kind of playing into the whole, you know, will he leave too thing, even though he's clearly probably not getting any calls. Uh, but I, I liked him too, bringing up that he's with the, the most popular star of the WF, which may not be wrong at this time. So I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, good stuff. My uh, God, just <laughs> the maybe the most coked out promo I've ever seen. Like it, it, it's up there. It's, it's just rambling. And inc- he looked extra juiced too. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, know he is. He is. Gr- fucking I mean, he is ripped. Massive, right now. Mike. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> at one point, uh, Joey made a face when Candido said, "I hate needles." So I thought that was uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, he also said at one point that uh, he said that every street in Atlanta is named Peachtree. So I'll get lost. But I thought that was a great line. He's not wrong. No. <laughs> and yeah, just complete and utter madness. I was exhausted after watching. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just if Candido. Keeps- I didn't do it nearly justice. I mean, I, I kind of tried to catch it, but he keeps taking those calls as it's going and he's oh he's talking to Jim Ross, he's talking to Terry Taylor. Um the promo is on YouTube. So go find it. It's like seven, eight minutes of Candido just doing nothing but fucking rambling incoherently and it's amazing. Yeah. Great. That promo brought to you by cocaine, yes. Yeah. Um I love him rambling about their tattoos. I don't know if you guys notice the triple threat looks like they got matching tattoos. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so when are we getting our matching tattoos? Which arm do show? I get it on? Um, just saying, at, at 100 episodes, we should do that. Mm. Um, there's a decent promo in there, uh, I guess, <laughs> if you can distill it down. Um, but it's overall pretty fucking. I don't think he's afraid of needles, you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, back to the ring we go as Sabu is taking on Bobby Duncan Jr., uh, led to the ring by Jason, uh, who has found Bobby in a- AJPW, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Joey puts it over as a big pickup, says it's a tough test against Sabu. Duncan starts hot with a lariat for two, but Sabu dodges a charge as a springboard leg lariat and Arabian press for two. Sabu smashes Duncan with a chair, barrels into him with an air Sabu, but Duncan catches and snaps him to a backbreaker. Duncan goes up top. Sabu meets him with punches and a top rope rana. Duncan rolls outside where Sabu meets him, throws him through a table. Jason pulls him off. Sabu dives anyway, flies into Duncan with a torpedo plancha. Duncan and Sabu uh, slug it out on the floor. They head back in with Sabu drop kicks him in the knee, but he gets crotched on top. Duncan takes him down the slot drop off the top rope. In comes RVD, breaks up the pin, hammers away on Duncan for the DQ. RVD knocks Duncan outside. In comes Jason. Jason actually hits an enziguri, but RVD just knocks him right back down. <laughs> RVD goes outside. He puts Duncan on a table bridge, and Sabu mashes him through with a triple jump splash. I thought the match was fine. Uh, I thought Duncan looked, looked pretty good. He could be a decent Haas addition. 
to the show if he sticks around. I don't, I don't know if he will. Or if he's just a one-time visit from Japan, uh, all Japan. Pretty weird finish, though, overall. Sabu, I thought, should go over this guy clean. Uh, I, and I, I think he was a decent star in all Japan at this point. But still, uh, the post-match chaos was, was pretty solid. Uh, and, of course, Duncan would be in WCW sooner than later. Is Matt, is he there by 90? Is he in there in 98? I know he's there definitely in 99. Yeah, 98, he's there already. Yeah, so sure. he's, he's probably on his way. Uh, two and a quarter from me, Matt. Yeah, I went two stars on it. Uh, what a weird match. <laughs> just yeah, on paper, that. Sabu versus Bobby Duncan Jr. Never knew that happened. Right. Yeah, just a super weird match. At one point, there was a dive to the floor where that looked rough for both parties. I thought that didn't look great. And then we get the weird DQ finish. We see RVD interfere in every fucking match, and this is the one that draws the DQ. Just, yeah, just super weird. Uh, Jason coming in, hitting the Enzigiri was quite a sight. Wasn't expecting that. So, yeah. I I mean, it was a decent enough match, but I I kind of felt like the match was an afterthought to the post-match stuff, honestly. So I kind of went gentleman's two on this one, Jenny. I did the two and a half. Um, Fucking Sabu in his lavender-colored pants. Um, That plancha, crazy, right in the beginning. Um, And then the table dive. Um, Sabu sure don't sell for many people, y'all. Um, nope. Definitely not uh, fucking Bobby Duncan. No. Not not this guy for sure. Um, but damn, I liked the uh, Sabu and uh, Dreamer match that happened at the end of this match. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll get so to that right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah, what well, do you go for the actual match? And we'll get to I did two and match. a half. Okay. All right. Dreamer comes out. He slugs away at RVD and Sabu. RVD fights off Jason and Duncan as Tommy beats on Sabu in the ring. Hits him with an Arabian face buster and an air of Tommy. Slams Sabu in a chair but misses the frog splash. Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault as Beulah's watching. Sabu keeps bringing the fight. Knocks Tommy into the crowd. Flies into him with a triple jump dive. Back of the ring, Sabu hits Air Sabu in a springboard Rana. Sabu stomps away, but Tommy blocks the top rope Rana. Takes Sabu off the top into an open chair. Tommy DDT Sabu on the chair, puts him on a table, and buries him with a top rope splash. In comes Van Dam. He helps up Sabu. They wipe out Tommy with help from Fonzie and some chairs. Joey calls Fonzie a gerbil smuggler. <laughs> Beulah comes in. RVD grabs her, and Sabu clotheslines her down hard. Sandman comes running in and fights him off for the save, but he gets knocked down from behind. He's left out cold. Fonzie parades around with the Dodia flag. Just a wild scene. The crowd is calling for Taz. His music hits. And we wrap up the show on that, Jenny. So, God, what are your thoughts since you like this segment? Guess who's going to come out? Because the, ta- the crowd wants to come out. <laughs> Doesn't always, though. It's going to be Taz. The way um, he wants to. No, I really liked uh, the big beatdown. And damn, Beulah ate that mm. clothesline. Sabu mm. did not hold back. Mm-mm. No. He went all in on that shit. She hit the floor. Um, the chairs good shit the banner we're doing that again so i guess all right i'm gonna have to get used to that but i like this stuff matt yeah i I liked it too and i I almost wonder if they should have done just a match just have a match ended a no contest i know it would have been like the you know the third week that we would have had dreamer involved with this but right because it it was long enough to be a match this thing was like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. long (laughs) but it was really well uh well done for what it was uh sabu just fucking killing beulah with that clothesline good lord and uh, I'll say this, like, assuming Lawler isn't coming back, right? 
I feel like this is kind of, if they want to keep the WWF war going, which it looks like they want to, this is a pretty good way to do it. You know, involving your top talent. RVD keeps calling himself Mr. Monday Night anyway. So what the fuck? Let's just have him, you know. Well, and we know Dreamer hates the WWF. I mean, that's like known. So, so it, it is. I, I'm uh, again assuming Lawler isn't coming back. It's a fine way to keep that going. And yeah. look, uh, the ECW hate anything. So I get it. So yeah, this was a really good segment. All right. Uh, awards. <clears throat> I went Sabu and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Bobby Downey Jr. <laughs> for the, for the best Sir, I got a pedal on your laugh. Bobby Downey Jr. <laughs> yes. Iron Man. Yep. It's... <laughs> Tropic Thunder. All right, worst match uh, was the FBI tag. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, best moment, I thought Beulah taking the clothesline. Oh yeah. my god. Fuck yeah. Yep. Uh, most 90s. Was it a ton in this one? I just went with the uh, promotional wars. Feels very 90s to me. Uh, Bobby Duncan Jr. Is yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yes, yeah very nice. I don't think he makes it. <laughs> I don't think he no, uh, uh, maybe uh, a maybe. couple of days. A, t- a couple of days, I think, That's in 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stock rising. I just went Candido and Bobby Duncan. I mean, yeah, all the guys at the end. I just, I, I don't want to keep listing the same right. guys. I'm trying <laughs> to find guys that are like, you know, okay. maybe on the come up, I guess. Mm-hmm. But all of them too. RVD, Sabu, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, stock falling. I went the FBI. As entertaining as they are, like that's kind of a bad <laughs> loss. Yeah. Um, to spike and check. I'm gonna say it every week. Lance right. Lance right. <laughs> Lance <laughs> wrong. Oh, my God. So this is a pretty good episode, uh, six out of ten for me. Again, we're not nothing earth breaking. It feels like mm-hmm. we're just in a reset. I think it's our new life, right? With the pay per views now, like mm-hmm. if we're a couple months apart, three months apart, whatever it is, like I think we're gonna start building that way, right? And mm-hmm. they gotta keep drawing, so they're never gonna go in complete sleep mode, right? Because they have to keep getting people to the arena, mm-hmm. and now they're branching out, right? So they gotta get people to Queens, to Pittsburgh, to these different places. So they're never gonna just go on autopilot but um you could tell they ha- they're now plotting stuff on a longer cadence to get to the next pay-per-view right versus just mm-hmm. burning it every month so it feels like right after the show we're kind of easing in um i don't know what do you think matt would you have for a grade yeah it, i mean it's it's a lot different than going show to show in the ecw arena where you got a right. show there every month now you got you know uh, you still have those you arena have shows them, right. but they're treated more like tv tapings almost yeah. and now you're building towards the bigger pay-per-views uh so i went five and a half on this i just a notch above average and i i, I liked the uh ending brawl but this needed another good match i think or a good match somewhere yeah. like, just somewhere so yeah five and a half for me i did the six out of ten all right. This was Labor Day, by the way. I checked. September 1st was Labor Day that year. So, All right. Last episode of the night, September 9th. We open back in Queens. Lance Wright gets in the ring to talk to Taz. After the end of last week's show, Taz calls out Sabu and RVD. Wright grabs Taz by the arm. He asks for a word, and Taz is not happy. Taz calls RVD and Sabu, and Wright again grabs his arm and says he's here to ask questions, and he's fed up with everything in ECW over the last few weeks. He's a broadcast journalist that works for the WWF. He gets the respect he deserves, and he knows people there and can put a word in for Taz, says he didn't burn his bridges. He was summa cum laude from Skidmore College, says he was in a helicopter on pay-per-view because he's from Greenwich, Connecticut, and can afford whatever he wants, and he just asks his mom and dad. 
So he wants a word with Taz. Wright's just all over the fucking place. Taz asks if he's sure he's done talking, and Wright is sarcastic with him back. Taz says on behalf of all the fans, he'll be the first to say goodbye, and he tosses him with a T-bone and hooks on the Taz mission. Taz says Wright can go tell Vince, fuck you, on behalf of everyone in ECW. So uh, I don't know if this is it for Wright, Jenny. We'll see. But uh, if so, <laughs> was this a worthy payoff through the last few weeks? More like Skid Mark College. <laughs> what? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this guy? He lost his fucking mind. <laughs> the way he's talking to Taz, I'm like, yeah. are you trying to die right now? Because mm. you're going to die. And then he did. Uh, I don't know why, but okay. I mean, why we need this, I it's, don't well, know. I think they, they love to have these, like, as much as they shit on Jim Cornette and Smokey Mountain, they love the trope of having, like, the nerdy rich boy manager mm-hmm. and i think i think they see it as a natural again just like did odf a hateable thing concept for this fan base right like it's kind of your hardcore anti mm-hmm. um whatever not supervision <laughs> i want to try to say anti-establishment crowd right <laughs> um so yeah of course they're gonna hate the the nerdy guy with all the money that brags about being dirty f guy like mm-hmm. all the way back to what's his face um who was the guy, Jenny, in the early, early ECW? I almost said Mortimer Plum Tribute. That was early. TNA. I almost did too. That's what I was thinking. Oh, they had a guy like this in. in they uh, did. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. What was the hell was his name? Hunter uh, Q. Thompson? No, no. Yes. What's his name? It was uh, something like that. Hunter Q. Robinson? It's the third. No, Hunter S. Thompson. Shit. Okay. Yeah, it was like Hunter, yeah. Hunter Q. Robinson. It was Hunter, right? It was, it was, that was three years ago. It's like we keep yeah. coming back to this. Even Fonzie while not like a rich boy was kind of portrayed, right. as like a smarmy little nerdy guy for a while when he was the ref. Mm-hmm. And like, they keep kind of finding these different characters. And now Lance writes another one. So we either have like evil refs or like nerdy rich boy pansies um, presented that way. And that, that seems to be kind of like the way the type of character they keep trying to insert into things. Yeah. I just don't know why they want to put him with Taz because like, that just seems very dumb. Right. Like, right. Uh, put him with somebody yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Look, I'll become the biggest Lance Wright fan ever if Taz just keeps fucking killing him every week. I'm all in on that. Like, just just go away. <laughs> just, hopefully he's done soon. And, you know, maybe Taz broke his neck, God willing. So I don't remember any of this with him. I remember him briefly in F from the 90s, like, yeah. watching as a kid at that time. Like, I remember mm-hmm. him being on as, like, an announcer, like, an interviewer briefly. But mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this stuff. All right, we get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He now are in Boston tonight. So we run down tonight's card, including Rude picking up another contender for Douglas. We'll see that later. Our opener, though, is Tracy Smothers taking on John Cronus. So an interesting match here. Tough spot for Smothers having to deal with Cronus. Rich and Guido are out with Smothers. Joey reminds us that Cronus trained in Boston. Heads out. Big pop for the hometown hero. But Joey breaks the news that the Eliminators are officially history. Saturn is gone from ECW. Cronus is here to stay. Details on the hotline. And of course, Saturn had jumped to WCW uh, during this time period. Uh, got the big payday following Raven. So we are no longer... I don't think he ever comes back either. He's in WCW right to the end. Yeah, no, he oh, Well, not to the end until the Radicals jump. So, I mean, he's, right. mm-hmm. yeah, we don't see him again. I mean, obviously, one of our favorites. He was Mr. ECW for a bit there in early 97. I don't blame him for taking the payday, especially after blowing out his knee. Like, what's he going to stick around here and keep 
mm-hmm. get paid 250 bucks and murder himself. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Like go take Ted's money and uh, make up for whatever you're losing here by being injured. So I don't, I don't know when he starts. We would have talked about this previously. Do you know, Matt, when he gets in the ring in WCW? Because uh, it feels like he has this toward ACL, but is it like, really? Like I feel like he's back in the ring. I want to say by, I want to say by like Starcade 97, he's TV champ already. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause I know he sits in the crowd for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. With Raven, when they're doing the whole like nest in the crowd stuff, he's with them. That's how he debuts. Mm-hmm. Trying to look quick at when he, uh, yeah, August twenty eighth, he got the offer. Debuted on September eighth, he fought Kidman, um, on that show. Oh, and then, uh, he was sidelined for a month after as his knee had not healed yet. So then they put him in the crowd. He mm-hmm. does win the gold on November third. So, yeah, I-, I don't know if he actually had a full. T- yeah, it says he tore his ACL. So that was May thirty first. He wrestles three months later on a tour day. He's fucking out of yeah, his mind. Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's Good insane. Word. That kills me. Like, I don't understand. That's probably why we don't know. He feels like a year. Smothers uh, stalls and eases in, finally gets going as Cronus pelts Smothers with strikes and a spin kick to knock him outside. We reset as Smothers comes in with knees and an axe. Cronus comes back with some quick strikes and a leg sweep to send Tracy back outside. Joey says Killer Kowalski and members of the Patriots are all in the crowd here in Boston. Joey says Cronus gets easily distracted. Rich pulls the top rope down and Cronus tumbles outside. After Brig Guido pulls Smothers out of the way of a hurricane, Smothers gets back to work. Cronus comes back with a somersault leg drop. Cleans out Tommy Rich and Guido and finishes with a 450. I, I, I didn't really get into this. Uh, it never felt like I got into a groove at all. There's a couple of decent spots, but it's clunky. The FBI are really scuffling. Cronus gets the hometown win. Uh, star and a half, Jenny. I, this this was just kind of there for me. I thought it was fun enough. Uh, I just, I like Cronus. And I like Smothers. So I think that was, you know, just kind of it for me. I like this pairing. It's an odd matchup, but... Uh, they really do go for it. I mean, I guess this is like sort of, I don't even know, mid-card stuff? Like low mid-card. Yeah. I mean, that's where the FBI are, really. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a match. I don't know. Two stars, Matt. Yeah, I, I went a star and a half. Uh, clunky is the right word. I made the same note. Just, I don't know. It just felt pretty plotting and it, I, it was technically fine, but it was, it felt very house show, which it, like house show opener, which uh, I'm assuming this was, I have no idea. But <laughs> probably, yeah. it's, you look at it on paper, it's got to be pretty cool. It's not main right. event. And I could tell you that for sure. But no. yeah, I mean, it, it was just perfectly fine. And it's a bummer that the eliminators are done. That's a massive loss for the tag division. So yeah. we'll, we'll see, you know, how Cronus's singles run goes, but yeah. As I think this, this was a set him up as a solo act in his hometown to try yeah. and just get him going. Right. So, um, I don't know, the Eliminators, to me, like, too, I mean, as awesome as they were, I mean, did they get out when maybe on top? Like, like at some point, like, we got this way of public enemy, right? I was, I mean, at least I did. I was, like, done with them. Like, so, even the gangsters, I kind of got done with um, after a while. The Eliminators mm-hmm. were kind of peaking more than those teams were, but it feels like maybe, like, maybe we got their best stuff and then out. Like, I don't know, maybe it would have been diminishing returns with them. Um, or I think they probably would have split off Saturn at some point, is my guess, unless he refused and wanted to stay with Cronus. But based on this, it doesn't seem like if he's right. taking the payday. Um, so 
I guess at some point he would have got paid. But I, I just think he's too good to stay. Like, and this is going to be a problem with ECW, right? These guys yeah. are eventually going to get too good to stay. You're going to get some lifers that don't give a shit and just want to be uh-huh. there. But mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of guys that are using this to just go get paid, especially with WCW spending money like they are. You right. already have this work relationship with the WWF, so there's already a pipeline there. So at some point, these guys are going to, you know, have Dip to get out. out of here. Like, say, if you're Saturn, you just blow out your ACL. Why are you going to keep wrestling in these gym? You know these little gyms when you can just go get paid to. He's still hard hardcore. Yes, but he's been hardcore That's for a couple. Years. It would be very tough to turn down the amount of money that Ted Turner was throwing around in 1997. And he doesn't go sit down like a lot of guys. I mean, he goes and works his ass off. He has like right. a great well, WCW yeah. run. Right. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. right. So. All right, the Dudleys are standing on location at Dudleyville. Gertner introduces the family. Gertner cracks jokes about Cronus being alone, issues a challenge for him to face Dick since he's the only one that doesn't specialize in tag wrestling. Gertner says Cronus always brags about beating Big Dick, and if Cronus can win, he could pick another singles competitor to challenge for the titles with him. Uh, Any quick thoughts on Gertner's promo from Dudleyville, Matt? Uh, that might have been a dick joke he said there, but uh, yeah, uh, Dudleyville, aka Revere, Massachusetts, which it's what it looked. It looked like some I'm sort sure of bar in Revere. It had to yeah. be something like that. It so be, uh, yeah. <laughs> it had AKA to be AKA Asbury, New Jersey, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely, and Joel still sucks at explaining things. Yeah, it's very yeah. complicated. He's all over the place. I was like, whatever. I'm not even listening. I don't know what he said. <laughs> Joey sets up our next match, and that is Shane Douglas taking on another one of Rick Rude's challengers. Rude heads out. He's still hanging around. Introduces Douglas. He comes out with Francine and his gold. Douglas brags about being the savior of ECW, saving the fans from having to watch ODF and WCW. After a break, we find out that Rude's next challenger is Axel Rotten. Joey says Axel can wrestle, even though this is this is a very Revere challenger. We're not getting we're not yep. getting Queens or or Philly, that's for sure. Uh, Joey says Axel can wrestle, even though it's usually a swing in chairs. Axel grabs a headlock. Shane slips out and hits a drop kick. Axel goes to consult with Rude. Joey wonders if Shane and Shawn Michaels could both use Rude against each other. Shane keeps Axel off balance and then mocks him. Axel regroups with Rude as we edge along. Axel goes to the eyes, hits a side Russian leg sweep, and stomps low. Axel shoots Shane hard to the corner. He flips to the apron, eats a hard punch outside. Axel pours it on down the aisle, back to ringside. Shane blocks a chair shot. Hot shots Axel on a roadie case. Back inside, Shane hits a top rope clothesline for two. Batters Axel with a drop kick to the nuts. Axel ba- uh, begs off as Shane stomps his hands and jams a thumb to his eye and kicks away. Shane gets a corkscrew suplex and works the neck while doing the Rick Rude gyration. Francine chokes away at Axel and musses his hair as Rude comes over to break it up and rallies Axel. Shane starts to work the back, but Axel comes slugging back into it with a variety of strikes. Gets a series of near falls. Axel puts Shane up top. Shane headbutts him. Axel pops up and slams Shane to the mat. Shane ducks the clothesline. He finishes with the belly to belly. Again, this is a uh... This is fine. The roots, you know, clunky's been the word on this episode. The root stuff I found to be clunky too here, especially it, it dragged early. Uh, once we got cooking, the match was fine. I think Axel is okay for this kind of stuff. Just a lot of brawling and strikes, not much else. Uh, Shane wins clean and remains elusive against Root's challenges. So two and a half. I, I just think, I think this Root thing is like, again, ECW and Heyman overthinking shit. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like a little level too deep. Like, I don't know, like why Shane can't find his own challengers like Rude. He's paying Rude and, you know, giving him his girl like to face Axel Rotten. Like, like, like Al Snow, maybe I get right. Like or if you're bringing in someone from the Dirty F, like, mm-hmm. 
you know, Sean's not coming, obviously, but right, this guy's on that talk of you know, whatever. There's dudes they can bring in from WWF or old WWF guys that Root could bring back, right? That he worked with in the past to to challenge Douglas, like legit contenders. But like this is this is the big angle he's bringing in Axel Ron. And, like it is, right. it's stupid. Shane could fight him any day. Like it's, <laughs> so, like to me, it's it that's where there's weaknesses. Like they should build it to big matches only. Like all right, Rude. You know, he's going to have someone in the arena on this night, so be there, right? Who could it be? Then it's special. If he's just bringing jabrones out every fucking week, it's like, whatever. And I like Axel, but, I mean, he's not a challenge. Like, it's it's silly. So, I don't know. What would you think, Matt? Uh, two and a half for me. Just fine. TV. Yeah, the, this didn't click with me at all. I only went two on this uh, for a lot of the reasons you just said. Like, I feel like this whole thing would have made more sense if they did the same route with the Al Snow thing. Like, bring some somebody like... Spike Dudley is right there. Just somebody mm-hmm. different, you know? Somebody who needs a boost. Axel Rotten doesn't need a boost. You know who he is at this point, right. you know? So, and it, you hit the nail on the head. He is a very uh, revered Massachusetts challenger. <laughs> yeah. That was a great description. Just be, be sure. Why not use Cronus? This right. is like the perfect spot. Like, say, Rude... Oh, you may think he's a tag guy, but I've been working with him. And guess what? He's in his hometown. And give Cronus a hard-fought loss to Douglas means right. more than that shitty win over some others. It's like you know, like that was nothing. Like right. why not have him give like a real balls-out match with with Douglas and almost beat him and say, okay, now now it makes sense, right? Rude, train this guy. Right. He's in his hometown. We never thought he'd be a great singles wrestler. He's just kind of a goofy tag guy. And have him also be serious like that. That's something. Now now we're talking, right? Mm-hmm. And the rude stuff is just super weird. It's like he's in both guys' corners during this match. He, he has a 20-minute meeting with Axel Rotten at one point, but he's also cheering on Shane Douglas. Like, you got to pick one, man. You can't you can't have it both ways. You can try, but it's not going to work. So, and yeah, I just think the match wasn't that good. I think we've seen these two guys wrestle each other before, back when Shane was the TV champion. And I don't know. I just think they don't really mesh well with each other. Like, their styles are kind of too different. Like, I feel like Axel's the type of guy, and I'm not knocking him for this. It's who he is. Is. like he needs like barbed wire to have a really good match or right. or something like that you know he's not really like a hold for a whole type of wrestler so it's yeah. just a weird fit putting him in there with shane so yeah this this really didn't work for me so uh, i went two on it hmm. so the most rude got was like a hand job or something for getting axel to the ring hmm. um i like axel i i think i like him more than y'all i think i say that every time I thought Shane looked really good. I feel dumb, but I gave this match two and three quarter stars just because I thought it was good. I felt dumb. Uh, I mean, I went two and a half. Like, it was fine. It was a fine TV yeah. match. To me, the, the bigger issue was the angle. Like, it doesn't know, make but, sense. That's that's my problem. But it feels like rude. I don't know. It feels like he's fucking with Shane, too. Like Right. I do wonder you know? if that's where it's going. Because, it, like this is bullshit, you know, but I'm gonna make you fight this guy. You know, I don't know. I, I, I was hinting at, or I was feeling like there was some sort of something else with rude. Like, and that's why they keep doing it. Right. There's going to end up being yeah, some payoff. Um, so if that's the case and I'm, I'm in for it, but also it is possible that they never pay that off. So that is something I have to live with. Um, but I thought that, Francine and Shane walked away looking very much like the king and queen of ECW um, at the end of this. Like, just like, and they always do, but there was just something a little bit extra for me on this one. So I'm going to keep my rating. 
All right, Joey's in the nest. He says, next up is the first time ever match between two icons of ECW, and that is Sandman taking on Sabu. Sabu attacks Sandman with a dive off the stage of his entrance, smashes a bottle over his head. Looks like a fucking hurt. <laughs> Sandman's already bleeding as Sabu pounds him, puts him on a table on the floor. Tommy comes out, moves Sandman, and Sabu crashes through the table hard. The locker room files out as Sandman is out of it on the floor. Sabu's down in the ring. In comes Tommy, loads up a DDT. RVD makes a save and knocks Tommy down. It's a rolling splash. He heads out and meets Tommy. Tommy scoops him and drops him across the railing, crotches him on it, smashes him with a running chair off the apron, leaving the chair wrapped around his head in a great-looking spot. Tommy shoots RVD inside, but RVD recovers and stomps on Tommy into the corner. Hits a running dropkick into a chair. RVD slugs away at Tommy, throws a chair, but Tommy catches it and swats RVD down. Hits a Van Daminator on RVD. Tommy, it's a frog splash. In comes Sabu. It's an Arabian face buster on Tommy and stomps away. Sabu and RVD hit stereo springboard leg lariats. Sabu, it's a camel clutch. Fonzie holds up a chair. RVD drop kicks it into his face off the middle rope. Fonzie has a neck brace on. He's calling, says he's calling his lawyer. RVD and Sabu hit stereo rolling thunders. Break out of the dirty flag. Taz's music hits. He stomps out and cleans house, but he gets swarmed. Tommy gets up and saves, but Taz pops RVD with a belly to belly. Tommy knocks Sabu outside. Taz and Tommy bump into each other, but focus on Team WF. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie rage on the floor. They leave as Tommy and Taz guard the ring. Tommy tells Taz if he ever needs a favor, he has it. Taz says he doesn't need anyone to watch his back. He doesn't need w this WCW WF bullshit. And Tommy will return the favor. And that is, he wants Tommy to challenge him for the TV title so he can show people a great match. So I was a really good segment uh, in place of the match. It is getting a little rinse-repeat with some of this, this grouping here. It's kind of the mm -hmm. same thing every week. Uh, but again, we're touring now, right? So we're going to see more of this where they're kind of doing it for the different crowds to, to repeat the angle, to get them used to seeing it. Maybe they're not as exposed on TV or whatever. So, um, you know, so it's, it, it does make the TV maybe not as must see week to week, but, uh, for the live crowds, they're loving it. And it does progress the angle a little bit every time. So now we know that Tommy and Taz may wrestle, right? Something we haven't really seen much of. So, uh, not really a match, just a segment, Jenny, but what'd you think? Yeah, I um, Sabu smashing that bottle over Sandman's skull is pretty badass. And sick table spot by Sabu. Um, and then it got kind of samey there for a little bit. Um, I was like, I bet the lights are going to go out. Um, <laughs> but Taz does come out. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's fine. But it just seems very weird to me for Taz to go like, I don't want to, I don't want to be friends. I want to beat you up. Could you please ask me for a match? <laughs> That's a favor. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I think he's trying to prove a point, right? Like he, he keeps saying, I don't care about feuds. I don't care about RDF. Like I just want to wrestle. So his, he's, it's almost like he's trying to teach Tommy a lesson through this and say like, fuck this nonsense, like, let's just go wrestle and have a great match. Like, that's what this is yeah. about. Not this, this stupid you know, bullshit with the Dirty F. Who cares about that? I guess I would be willing to go there with him if I didn't think that he was an excellent squash match wrestler. And but even that's competition to him, though, right? dreamer wrestler. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just... All right. You don't think it's going to be a good match? Is that what you're saying? I hesitate. Like it's not it's not a guarantee in my mind, like right. some of these other ones are. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't rate this. It wasn't a match, but uh, boy, that bottle shot to Sandman was sure was something. A yeah, bottle, that was nasty. Bottle of Natty Light right to the fucking head kit. <laughs> do you think that that really fucked him up, and that's why they did this, or do you think this was a plan? Because he like pretty much is done after that shot. He's like, I, I, he was cut open pretty good, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that was a sugar glass bottle. That might have been a real one because that looked rough. But yeah, Jenny hit the nail on the head, and you guys, you hit the nail on the head. It's very samey like it's 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 very similar to the brawl we just saw at the elks lodge and you know is this what we're gonna see more of because you know are we gonna see more of this like touring style type of thing like you said i hope not because it it does feel like you know we've seen all of this already we don't need to see it three times so i don't know maybe if you do more highlight packages or something i don't know but it it just it all kind of uh bleeds together uh right just to the end you know right here's, here's what happened Right, you don't need to show the whole thing again. So uh, I think there's a chance uh, Taz and Dreamer could be good. I mean, we I think it was like sometime in the fall of 96, they had that one-off match that was really well done that right. we all liked. So uh, hopefully it'll be good. But uh, it is a little weird <laughs> that Taz is like, I want you for my uh, – uh, I want to challenge you or something. You know, it's just – it's super weird. So I, I don't know <laughs> where it's going, but yeah. Maybe it's just the wording, because, like, instead of, I, don't, I mean, I guess you can't challenge other people if you have the belt, but, like, why not? I don't right, he just wants them to, yeah, he just, he's just looking for a fight. Like, I yeah. want you to want me, Tommy Dreamer. Right. He is the cheap trick of wrestlers. <laughs> he hit him with a bottle of Natty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's in the Nasty wraps up. Uh, ECW will be in Blackwood, New Jersey on Friday and at the arena on Saturday, where Sabu will face Sandman again. Next week, we will see that Taz Dreamer match on TV. We then go backstage where Paul Heyman joins us. He says he is the executive producer and talent coordinator, a job given to him on September 18, 1993, by founder Todd Gordon. And it is his responsibility to inform that earlier this week, ECW accepted the resignation of Gordon as commissioners. Too much pressure of four kids in a family business. He can no longer hold the job, and ECW wishes him the best and will make him proud. And Matt, this is the mole stuff, right? Yes, sir. So it's very unlike ECW not to bury this guy. Right. Uh, maybe they just had the respect that he started this. So basically the story is someone had been leaking contract deals and stuff to WCW, like with Raven and and Saturn and these guys. And it turned out that Gordon had been feeding information and kind of getting a kickback on the deals by feeding guys to WCW. So what? it was known to be a mole and they found out it was mm-hmm. him. And uh, so they end up, he just ends up leaving. Uh, where he founded, so Heyman's now pretty much solely in charge, which he mainly had been anyway. But right. um, it was surprising. I knew it was coming, but it was surprising the way they do it, right. where he doesn't—they don't, you know, kick the shit out of him or bury him or whatever. He basically says, "Oh yeah, he's just too busy." Like he doesn't even mention the whole stuff. He right. just made him want to give give them any pub. I'm guessing, but it was an interesting way to go about it. Goddamn, Todd Gordon. <sighs> yeah. Sucks. Greedy. Greedy some bitch. Uh, all right, let's get to our awards here as we wrap up. Uh, best match, I guess, begrudgingly, was Douglas and Rotten. Yep. Yeah, it kind of has to be. <laughs> Worst match, Cronus and Smothers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Best moment, I went the bottle shot <laughs> to uh, Sandman. That yep. dude took it hot. It was, <laughs> it was wicked hot. Uh, most 90s, I went with Rude's Nike Air shirt and hat combo. Oh, that God, was yeah. that was real good. Yeah. Rising, I went Taz, Douglas, and Dreama. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, too soon for Cronus. I mean, even though he won. Too... Yeah, let's see a little bit more out of him. At least yeah. that's how I feel. Stock falling. I'm with Wright. Finally, FBI. <laughs> uh, then I went Saturn and Gordon, who are both gone. Um, mm. Yeah. They're both what? big, big promotion for us. Like, you know, Saturn maybe not. He's big in a different way. I mean, Gordon's been here since the beginning. Like, so right. we've never really had a time Ew. where he wasn't around. Uh, all right, final grade. I went five and a half out of ten. I felt again like I don't know. I feel like we could have skipped this whole run of shows and probably been a big big plug for our podcast. Uh, I think we could. Have- <laughs> there you go. I'm glad we did it for nothing. Thanks for listening. They were fun to watch. I- I'm saying if you're trying to catch up on the promotion or what's going on, you probably could have taken the end of August off and come in into September and been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like this is such revolutionary stuff. I think we're looking at a different lens. Like if you're watching the shit in September '97, you're you're not giving a shit that you're watching this match again, right? Because mm-hmm. who cares? Like whatever. It's still so crazy and different. Um, at this point, for us, when you were mowing through it like this, it feels like okay, we're let's get going. You know? Yeah, I, I think the problem is you didn't see a ton of ECW arena stuff too. Like that, right. that certainly doesn't help. But as for this episode, I'm with you. I went five and a half out of ten. Just fairly standard stuff here. All right. Well, it's a sweet five and a half. All right, so that does it. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We will have four more episodes of ECW Television as we continue to march toward November to remember. Check out everything North South Connection. We got some big stuff coming uh, New Year's Day and beyond. So be sure to keep an eye out on all of our social media and listen to, uh, of course, all our content. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming for you though over the next couple of weeks as we move into 2023. Thank you all for joining us for another great year here at the North South Connection in 22. Check out everything we have to offer on our other feeds as well. Both Matt and Jenny do shows, the PlayStation Wrestling feed, as well as the PlayStation Pop experience. Appreciate all the support. 